This is Brian Q. Miller, and you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are tonight's no! entertainment. <laughs> Here on the world, freezes in the None of the Robins ever complained. You're going to melt just like a cheese sandwich. And show you just how powerful I really am. Always hold on to all this. I know you should escape my sight, but those who worship evils might be where my power green lantern But let the universe howl in despair, for I have returned. We have no more use for this one. Kill him. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Across the Airwaves DC Nation podcast. The only place so far on the internet to find podcast reviews on Green Lantern, the animated series, Young Justice, and all the other imaginative content DC Comics provides for its fans, including comic books, Brian Q. Miller's Smallville Season 11, and movies. I'm, of course, Dan Schmidt, your host. And with me is the most infamous member of our Across the Airwaves core, our very own... Michael J. Petty. Good, Michael. Do you want to tell everyone about the shorts and episodes that we are covering this week? Because while it's comic books. Absolutely, Dan. Excuse me. On this week's episode of the DC Nation, we will be covering Green Lantern, the animated series, episode 22, Love is a Battlefield. (laughs) After that, we will be covering the DC Nation short, Amethyst Level 5, Battle in the Stormy Peaks. Followed by Young Justice Invasion Season 2, Episode 16, Complications. And finally, we will send you all off with Smallville Season 11, Issue 34, Haunted Chapter 8. Yes. This week's DC Nation was filled with complications. And love being a battlefield, wasn't it? Love complications. (laughs) Yes. As Avril Lavigne says, why do you got to go make things so complicated? Right? Exactly. (laughs) So much for my happy ending. Yes, right, exactly. And with that, we're going to move on to a Green Lantern episode that didn't really have a happy ending. At least for Razor, it wasn't happy. I was going to say, it didn't have a terrible ending. <laughs> it was good for Hal. Yeah. Yes. Which is odd that things are good for him. Yeah, because that never happens. Right. So we're going to talk about the episode named after maybe John Carlo. Volpe's favorite song from the 80s. Love is a battlefield. The forces of love and hate clash when the star sapphires summon Carol back to Zamoron to battle Atrocitus. Good job, Carlo. If love is a battlefield, it's not your favorite 80s song. Please let us know on our Twitter. But we're pretty sure it is. Yes. Anyway. Just give it your hard time there, buddy. We enjoy what you're doing. Yes. Yes. Absolutely, John Carlo. Yes. Absolutely, John Carlo. Yes. Every time someone says absolutely, I think of you announcing that. Good. That's how it's supposed to be. Right, exactly. Got really, along with this DC Nation episode, this episode of Green Lantern, got everything a Green Lantern fan could want classic villains and allies, romance between Hal and Carol. High flying outer space action. Okay, no holds bar fight scene. The cavalry swooping in. Got the last second to save the day. And of course, my favorite Green Lantern of all time, Kilowog. So, Michael, as a huge Green Lantern fan, do you agree with me that this episode got everything we could want from a story? 
featuring the Star Wars of the DC Universe? Minus it being written by the great Jeff Johns. Well, absolutely. No. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say it like that now every time I say it. I won't be able to do it any other way and take myself seriously. Oh, no. No. Um, yeah, I do. I I think this episode had very much everything we could have ever really wanted in an episode of the show, minus a good version of Aya, and probably minus Sinestro and St. Walker. But right. other than that, this episode was pretty near perfect. I mean, regardless of it being written by Jeff Johns or not, believe it or not, folks, Jeff Johns is not the only good Green Lantern writer out there. Right. As, as the people who write this show continually show us, and as Peter J. Tomaski and others who write the current Green Lantern books show us as well. So, I mean, ultimately, like you said, Green Lantern is the Star Wars of the DC Universe. And really, in fact, right. it is Star Wars of comic books in general. So for it to be as big a universe as it is, to bring in all the things this episode brought in was very awesome to see. And in fact, I could even extend that to, to bring in everything that this show in general has brought in. So, I mean, it, it felt to me a lot like I could see this in a movie, this episode oh, yeah. in the sense of if they did a lot, if they did a live action green lantern film, right. And they did like a trilogy, like based loosely based off like the star Wars trilogy, for example, I think this could be like the beginning of the third movie. Like if they oh, opened yeah. this and brought Carol back huh. that way and brought Atrocitus back that way after all that has gone on before, because I mean, I would assume Red Lantern's first movie, Anti-Monitor second movie, Dark Eye would be third. And this is the opening. That would be amazing. And that's yeah. kind of how I feel about it, to be honest. Well, this episode was structured like a movie, I thought. Yes. You know, with the hero racing and to save the day. Yep. And the racing to get there. You know, normally that's a waste of time, but I didn't feel that was a waste of time at all in this episode. I didn't either. I mean, with that animation, with them inside the sun. That was awesome. That was See, unbelievable. I always wondered while watching Star Wars, well, what would happen if they went through a planet? Or what would happen if they went to a star? Or what would happen if they went through the Star Destroyer, you know? Yeah. And this showed you exactly what would happen if it wasn't calibrated correctly. And I love that. Well, it looked real. The star did. Like the fire coming up and stuff. Well, yeah, because you fly right into it. It's right huh. in your face. It's kind of like a J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie where they beam to or they uh, jump to a Vulcan. Yes. And they're flying right through that graveyard of ships. Like, it's incredible. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, that sequence was unbelievable. That star. I mean, it was almost like they took photos from NASA. And, like, transpose the, get the CGI on the screen. Yeah. I mean, that's how unbelievable it was. Yeah. And you felt like you were there. Absolutely. I mean, you felt Absolutely. that, like, in your face, holy crap, kind of in a sun situation. Well, and that, and that would suck, <laughs> first right. of all. And second, I mean, it really looked just as good as um, how in the Green Lantern film, you know, how Hal burned Parallax in the sun? Yes. It looked as good as that sun, and that sun looked pretty darn good. Yes. Regardless of the movie's quality overall, the visual effects in that film are outstanding, just as they are on this show. Yeah, and really honestly, I think with the next Green Lantern movie, 
which supposedly is in the works, they need to look at this show. Got an example of how to do well, that. Have people like Bruce Tim and John Carlo and the guy who wrote uh, Jeremy. Uh, shoot, I forget his last name. But have them write that movie. Well, and I think also they should look at the Star Trek films. Yeah. For how to do this. Yeah. Because the Interceptor, and that, that's a new idea. Because I know Green Lanterns don't use ships. But from uh, a story and character development idea, it's perfect. Avin Sir used the ship. It's in the core mythology, and then you, they just lost it along the way. Right. And Jeff Johns did a good job of bringing that back in Secret Origin, but they've done an even better job here bringing that into the mythos. Well, and the idea is it's not... I mean, Jeff Johns explained it was a fear thing. I like it here that it's a... Uh, how, how should I say it? It's a, Well, it's to save energy in their race. Yes, yes. Because they run out of power. Yeah. I think they get places faster. Yeah. And if they're going to frontier space... I mean, you kind of need that. Well, and, they, and then they made a character out of the ship. Yeah, so it's not so, just yeah. boring ship. They actually made a character out. Exactly. Right. So it works. Absolutely. And speaking of that ship, I think Phantoms everywhere have agreed that Aya has lost her marbles. Yes? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that was rhetorical, uh, but yes. I mean, Carol Ferris gets summoned back to Samaron by Aya to fight Atrocitus of all people. The big bad of the first half of the season. Yes. That's Looney Tunes. Uh, Yes, yes. It's very much Looney Tunes, yeah. Very good description there. Very well. (laughs) Everyone's heard of a woman scorned. But holy crap, folks. This is a woman burned yes. by the raged fire of Atrocitus. Yes. Woman scorned? No. Atrocitus scorned. Can Michael, I mean, did this shock you, her doing this and resulting to these tactics? Or, I mean, was it something that saddened you? Or, I mean, what was your emotions? Walk us through. You seen I uh, commit, I guess, such atrocities. No pun intended there. You know, the thing about walking you through that is most of it was my facial expressions, but I'll try and describe it as best as I can. Okay. Um, when she had come to Zamoran and with the Manhunters, it's not something I didn't see coming because they are the love people. And right. she was hurt by love, which is what essentially brought her to do what she did. So it wasn't that big of a stretch for me. What what? And it wasn't that big of a stretch for me that the Zamrons said we're not the perfect people for love. Carol Ferris is because she taught us. And based off of the episode yes. in the earlier parts of the season, that's completely true. I mean, the fact that they changed their lifestyle so much after Carol being there really shows how much Carol actually knows and how much she actually affected them. So that I got too. But then you get to her you starting to use the teleporter on her own, which, you know, is fine. I'm okay with that. But then she brings Atrocitus from the science cell. And first of all, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, you've got to think the Green Lanterns would have better security than that. I mean, really? But she's all powerful. Well, I understand that. But you'd still yeah. think they'd have better security in the science cells than just letting any teleporter from Xamarin come in. 
Well, they could have let him out. Well, and then she gives him the ring and says, yeah. battle to the death. And in my head, I was like, Aya, what just happened to you? But at the okay. same time, I'm like, the sad part about all of this is, this is her. I mean, yes. Hal's saying she's in trouble. She doesn't know what she's doing. But Killer Wong is right. I think she does. Yeah. I don't think she cares. Okay, that was haunting. The dialogue was what was haunting. Just how cold she was. Yeah. And the way she did this. And it just was... She's very twisted around now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but, it's, it's unhealthy. <laughs> it's unhealthy for me to watch and get invested in. <laughs> but I, I, also, I also think that Kilowog is saying she's still the same person to get through to her as well. I'm sure, but at this point... Would it even be worth it to get through to her after all she's done so far? But think of what Razor's done. But Razor never killed anybody. Well, he kind of did. Yes, he did. Kind of killed a planet, actually. Yeah. Crap. Dan? Yeah. yeah. True. Okay. That's I get what, I'm gonna say. That's what he's going to say. I felt sorry for it. Yeah. And she feels no remorse. She was going to let Carol die, or Atrocitus die, or yeah. whoever die, even Hal. Right. She didn't care. That's the difference. Razor, Razor didn't want to do it, and after he came back to try and stop it, it yeah. it didn't go anywhere. Because he couldn't stop it. Right. He couldn't stop the planet from blowing up. Right. But, and the other thing with Hal is, you know, I remember in the comic books, isn't it Batman that describes him in Justice League? always be so bright. How? Yeah. Yes. Because I always took that as part of his personality. Oh, see, I always like, like he, that as part of the part of the ring, but I guess it could work for personality. I think it's, it's personality in a way, too, that I think he tries to see the lighted people. Does that work? Yeah. And so until he saw I had to do something bad, he had to hold out hope that she hadn't lost her way. Yeah. But, but now I think next week we're going to see his commotions change on that. Well, and quite honestly, I think the next few episodes really are going to have to center around Hal. Yeah. And re Because the thing is, yes, we've seen Hal do awesome things on the show, but we've never really, except for in Homecoming, seen a real in-depth Hal-centered episode. So really he's been the same character from the beginning until now. And I think you really need to have him go through some changes in the remaining few episodes. And I think next right. week definitely do that based off of the promos we keep seeing on the huh. DC Nation block. But I, yeah. I think they really need to start being centered around him. The other thing is, Michael, I think they were taking it slower because they didn't think they were going to get canceled. I think that's definitely the case as well. And everyone just keeps saying, why is this show getting canceled? Right. Like it, they say it's ridiculous for them to cancel this show. And it is ridiculous. That's how good it is. Yeah. And really, I mean, this episode, as you said, I think it began to put that focus on hell. Yeah. I think one of the things that need to be done before the show was over is to resolve the romance issues between Carol and Hal. Yes. And I thought that happened here. I agree. So that was good. The other thing is, I think Aya putting Carol's life in danger made this fight personal for Hal to keep the focus on him. 
I think that was the intent. Yes. The intent was to bring more focus to Hal in their remaining episodes because they know <laughs> they're not going to be able to see anymore. And they know how well I and Razor have been received and how big a fan base they have, so they don't have to worry about that. And they know how big a fan base Kilowog has, so they don't have to worry about that. Same with St. Walker and Ganthet and right. all those people. But Hal has always been the one the fans have left out in the corner. I don't think that's intentional, but I think that's just because of how the series went, because they thought they were going to get more seasons, and they didn't end up getting more seasons. So I think that's why they're stepping it up right now. Right, and I think this is a become an ensemble show. Yeah. It's not just about Hal. No, it's not, but I think at the core, the Green Lantern character is Hal Jordan. Right. So you still have to have him in there at the core. I mean, normally we just talk about Razor, Aya, or Kilowog. We don't talk as much about Hal because there's not as much to talk about. But I think in the coming weeks we're going to have to. Oh, yeah. Go on, and I mean, again, as I said, Hal, I think, now may be tempted to deactivate Aya. Or it may be something that's going to upset him now. Because she did put Carol's life in danger. Because you know that's the one thing that takes him off. Yeah. I mean, that sets him off right there. Yep. And he's going to want to do something about it. And we shouldn't blame him because he should do something about it. He does need to take charge with this. He is the leader of the right. group. But also he may give her a chance because of Carol and who she is. Based off of how Carol would feel about the situation? Yes. I agree with that too. So I, I could see there being a debate or his decisions coming from what Carol thinks he should do. Because we've seen him do that in the comic books. Go to Carol for advice. Yeah. On how to handle a lot of this stuff. So maybe oh, yeah. we're going to get some of those things. I hope so. Yeah. I'm fine with that, yeah. And the other thing, I mean, moving on, I really have to give this episode a lot of credit for how it tackled the complex, the complex topic of love. Mm-hmm. I mean, with this show being a kids show it could have come across as cheesy but I think the way it was handled here can be fully invested in each character can I think nothing hit this episode's message of love called more or simply than uh, Jatea sacrificing herself to save Hal yeah I mean the deaths on the show has been horrific <laughs> And this was right up there. I mean, those birds she got looked incredibly painful. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. And I know Michael, like, you know, she's a minor kind of unimportant character. But you still feel bad for her. Yes, you really did feel bad for her. And I think it's giving us suspense to tune into the show every week. As I think it's really kind of started this trend that Really, no one is safe on this show. Mm-hmm. Next to Hal, could probably Kilowog. But with Razor and Aya, this could go anywhere. Yeah, because they're not comic characters. They're not right. by the mythology. I mean, yes, Car- uh, Aya has briefly been in a, a, a part of the War of the Green Lantern storyline, but only as the Interceptor, never as herself. Right, and I wonder if they're going to go for like a. Romeo and Juliet kind of deal. That would be interesting. Where they they both sacrifice themselves to save the universe. 
Yeah. And then that pushes Hal to maybe, I don't know, try to continue his relationship with Carol or keep them together despite his duties to the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Does that work? I mean, is that a acceptable ending, I guess, to the show? Well, uh, there's no real acceptable ending to this right. show. But yeah, it works. I mean, the hero's got to get the girl. It's, I mean, I feel like it ends, you got to have somewhat of, of that indication. Yes. So, I agree. Yeah. Now, um, you know, did you like, I mean, how they did the death and everything like that? Could you tell you how was that? Yeah, it worked for it was a little cheesy, but I you can't do a full on like big death scene in the kid uh, show. I'm surprised we got what we got, to be honest. Yeah. Get along with her, I mean I thought Carol really took a beating from Atrocitus. Yeah. I mean just like how he threw her around like a rag doll. I mean jeez. But really I thought that Carol is the type of character who would not ask for help unless she was completely desperate. I agree with that, too. And that just comes from, you know, the comic books. So I felt like they had to be this vicious for calling hell to make sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you feel me on that one? Yes. Okay. And really, I think if we didn't have this happen, we would have never gotten the fierce impacts that spiraled the showdown between Atrocitus and Hell get to a brutal slugfest. Then I had my jaw on the floor. Yeah, I, I kind of liked Hell beating on Atrocitus. That was, that was pretty awesome. I always loved me. I always loved me some Hell beating up Atrocitus. This was a great fight. Yeah, it, it was up there with the one in Homecoming, definitely. I was, I was curious, which one did you like better or... I, I think I'd probably like this one a little better because they used their rings more in this one. The other one was more fist fight. Yeah, that's true. Well, I like that Carol teamed up with Hal. They kind of did the thing together to fight. I like that too. That was, that was very nice. Um, it really, I mean, the slingshot thing, that was my favorite. I really like the slingshot part. Yeah. But he fired him off, and yeah, that was pretty awesome. I and mean, he really, he took the hell off this time. Yeah. Dad Trousset has a sense to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And now, I mean, this was kind of one of the things I was disputing about this episode that I'm going to get into next. Um, I thought that after the fight scene with the Trousset was over, I felt that Carol witnessing Jatea's death would not only inspire her to keep the Starfire, the Star Sapphire rig, but join Hal's crew until they defeat Dark Aya. I'm assuming she'll be back to fight the finale, but I'm surprised it didn't happen here to make up for the lack of there being a girl on the team due to Aya going off the deep end. So, Michael, do you think they should have had Carol join the team as a part of your theory? that they need to keep it more focused on hell? Or what's your perception on all that? I think for continuity's sake, because there are only um, a few episodes left, 
I would have loved for her to be a part of the team for a while, but I definitely do think she will come back to help face Aya or whatever the final threat ends up being. At this point, I do think it will be Aya, but I think um, she will be definitely back for that. Okay. Well, I would like to see her one more time. I I I think we will. I I don't doubt that. I feel like it's going to be like how Slate Walker showed up with Mogo in the midseason finale. And I think we'll see Guy Gardner and Saint Walker in them as well again too. Uh, yeah, that's that's another great point. So yeah, but absolutely. Maybe a little John Stewart throw into there, just for kicks and giggles. Yeah, why not? That would be fun. That would be awesome. Or or Kyle, I could see Kyle too. Just not Simon Baz yet. He not before no, the. No. Not I Simon like Baz. I like the character, but not before the other two. So yeah, maybe a little Tomari. He will definitely be back. I would be guessing. That would be great. I love seeing Arisha too. She would be cool to see back too, or uh, I guess at all. Yes. Just put him in the background, you know. Yeah. Maybe even bring out bring back Chase along. The disco ball, Green Lantern. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sure he'll be back. Yeah. And Sinestro, I would hope. Oh yeah, I guarantee you. That's how it's gonna end. He puts on the yellow ring. I would be so <laughs> ticked off. Oh, if that was the final scene and then the show ends forever, I would be just as ticked off as I was in the movie theater during Green Lantern. To be continued in Green Lantern, the movie. Oh, wait. May, May 2014. That would be awesome. If that's what it said, I would be excited. Okay. If it's not what it says, which it won't be, I, I'm just going to be so mad. I don't think I'll ever be able to watch any more Green Lantern animated or feature film anything because I'll just be so mad that it'll disappoint me again. Cartoon Network! That's how it They would get so much hate mail for me if that's how it ended and they wouldn't give them another season. It would be over. It would just be over. Yep, everyone tune into the DC Nation live show where Michael is going to get a Red Lantern ring. And well, I, I worked just for that show. Michael, you have great rage in your heart. <laughs> Uh-oh. Michael's become a Trasodus. I, I would change my name and my Twitter <laughs> profile and everything, and I would just go on a rampage. Uh-oh. Look out, Lewis Jones. Yeah, he may be replaced by Trasodus. All right. Well, to wrap this conversation up, Michael, I'm really wondering what's it going to take to get Aya back on the side of good. I mean, her reaction to seeing Razor at this episode showed she's not devoid of emotion, but the emotion she displayed was hate because she really perversed the lesson of love that Jatea taught everyone through her sacrifice. So what's going to get her turned away from this, Michael? Um, Razor to tell her that he really loves her and for Razor to maybe get rid of his red ring. So or it's going to take that much. No, cut her head off and extract oh. her and program her or something. Yeah. There is that. Or for having the bravery to sacrifice 
kids love, he gets a Green Lantern ring. There you go. That's kind of sad, though. That is kind of sad. I don't know. I think this is the moment where he's going to take what he learned from St. Walker. I would think so. To save the day. I would think so. But before we get there, we have to get through next week's episode. Oh. <laughs> yes, the Orange Lanterns. Larfleas. That episode is actually called Larfleas, too. Oh, jeez. It's going to be awesome. The voice actor, I'm afraid. I'm a, I don't know what it's going to be. I'm excited. Oh, no. We're going to get everyone on that show in their regular colored rings, except for Indigo One and Sinestro. I'm going to be so mad. Wouldn't it be cool if they had a crossover episode of the Young Justice where Lex Luthor gets an orange rig? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, you could just go to Earth now. <laughs> or better yet, what if Beware the Batman oh. was just a cover for Green Lantern in the Animated Series Season 2 and that's what they <laughs> start playing instead of Beware the Batman? That would be funny. And then Teen Titans Go is just a cover for Young Justice Season 2. I would be so happy. I mean, I, I want to see Beware the Batman. I don't want to see Teen Titans Go. But I want to see Beware the Batman, but I'd rather see these shows continue than that. Well, they're so good. They're getting so much praise. Right. And I doubt Teen Titans Go is going to get that praise. It It's going to get so much hate, they're not going to know what to do. I guarantee it. And then they'll wish they had You know, these. Michael, these shows are doing so good. I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be some people throwing hate on Beware the Batman. There are people boycotting it already just because of these shows. And quite honestly, I, I would decide for yourself whether or not you would enjoy Teen Titans Go or Beware the Batman. We're personally excited for Beware the Batman, but Teen Titans Go just doesn't appeal to us. I so. am very tempted to not watch it out of principle, though. I am. I'm on the fence about it. Watch what? Beware the Batman. Really? Just I, Because I like these shows, I respect the people that work on them, and I think it's a shame that they lost their jobs. I agree with that. I mean, I really. I don't disagree, Dan, but what are, I mean, we can't do anything uh, about that, unfortunately. I wish we could, yeah. but we can't. We just have to, you know, deal with what they give us, quite honestly. Because that's the business, and I don't know how, if John Carlo and the other writers that work on these shows, you know, uh, have any, you know, anger towards Cartoon Network or whatnot. But I mean, I guess this is the business. Can we have to I accept have that? anger towards Cartoon Network. Right, and we don't know what was said behind closed doors or how that's all handled. No, but we know how we would handle it. Yes. <laughs> that we, we would just go to the hub. The hub, yes. We're going to move over to the hub, yes, now. DC Nation is now moving to the hub. You know, and it, this is really interesting. And I was listening to the podcast Fanboys Inc. the other day. And they said something like really interesting about what comic book um, companies could do with their shows that unfortunately keep getting canceled, like this show or Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes or Young Justice and stuff like that. And they brought up the point, or at least one of them did, and I forget which one it was. Oh. What if these companies just invested in a TV show network themselves that would just air comic book movies and new comic book TV shows and some reruns? The Bruce Tibb Network? 
That well, I mean, okay. that way you could have our DC Nation shows, the Marvel Universe shows, Walking Dead, anything comic book induced, or uh, you could replay, no, replay stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, you could, but what okay. what we're saying is then the shows could continue as long as they want because it would be a different kind of network. You'd have to look at the ratings differently. Yeah, I also think that the Twitter being added to the Nielsen ratings. It's going to make a huge difference in this stuff. I wish it was now. Because I, I think next year, for example, something like Arrow, I think that's going to go through the roof on ratings. They're going to well, be shocked at how many people really are into the show. And who really shows. has a Nielsen box? That's my point. No. That's think not of how many people tweet accurate way to do DC it. Nation, Green Lantern, the animated series, Young Justice, an arrow a week. I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't. They're going to be surprised what's going to happen next year. But I bet there will not be tweeting Teen Titans Go. No. But the th- the problem with that is Dan is that that's not going to make a difference for now. For now, I know it would start that now. They could save it, but they can't. That's it's a shame. Problem. It really is. It's a damn shame. But yeah. yeah. I mean. God, I'm sorry you guys were going to sound like a broken record on this. But this is something the entire entertainment industry is agreeing on right now. Yeah. I can't tell you the number of reviews you can read online where somebody says, this is a shame this show is getting canceled. Yeah. And big legitimate sources like IGN are saying this. So really... Cartoon Network, you're really missing the ball. And I don't know if anyone listening to this works on Cartoon Network. If you do, do whatever you can to keep these on. I mean, I'm sure the deals are finally sealed and all that. And maybe, who knows, maybe if we're lucky, Viewer the Batman and Teen Titans Go are just replacing the shows while they're on hiatus. Yeah, I think that's the case, but we can hope that's the case. Well, really, I mean, if I'm so with like Bruce Tim, I'd consider going to place else at this point. Well, I mean, you might as well just go to Kids WB or CW for Kids or whatever it is now and just putting the shows on there. Yeah, or something. I mean, that's what I used to watch Kids WB uh, when Beware the Bat or when uh, The Batman, uh, Legion of Superheroes, Shell and Showdown, Teen Titans, Justice League, all those shows were on that. Yeah. Spectacular Spider Man. Anybody? Yeah. So, I mean, all those shows were on that and they did fine. They did really well. A lot of those shows went. More than two seasons. Some didn't. The Batman went five. It, yeah. It, I mean, if you put these shows on that network instead of Cartoon Network, which doesn't even show cartoons half the time anymore. Most of this is live action now, sadly. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a dead network. It is. It's not what it was. No. Not when I was a kid. It was huge when I was a kid. No. It hasn't they been. They don't the, even have the anime anymore. It hasn't been the same since Toonami left. When Toonami left, everything huh. changed. And they wanted to get more hip and more involved in social media. And they did, but they don't listen to their fans unless it's praises. Are you sure it was hip or was it they got dumber? Well, it's hip. Kids are getting dumber too, unfortunately. That's sad. Well, yeah, I know. Especially when you have kids that are in that generation (laughs) that we got at your house. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That makes you feel real good for the future. I right. That's my point. 
So, I mean, again, we sound like a broken record, and it is what it is. But at the end of the day, we're going to keep doing this until they're finally gone. Well, somebody needs to say something. I still feel like that. I feel like it needs to be said for future shows that come out and are good like this. I agree. So they don't get robbed. And for these shows that these people work on in the future, that these people deserve to be working, deserve to be on television because they're doing a good job. Well, I mean, and think of the credentials the people on Green Lantern have had themselves. I know. Tim, the entire DC Cinematic Universe, almost all on Cartoon Network. Well, John Carlo worked on Avatar oh. The Last Airbender. Right. and John became Carlo a feature Carlo. film. Right. It was a crappy feature film, but still. And he did Clone Wars. Yes. Which is in its fifth and final season. That's, that's, not, under his, that's not his fault either. That's Disney. Well, right. That, I mean, it's a different situation, and he doesn't even work on the show anymore. But right. my point is... The people behind the Green Lantern and the people behind Young Justice as well, because they've done just as much and just as much a good job. They deserve this more than the people who write Adventure Time or a regular show. I was watching yeah. Adventure Time the other day, Dan, because Wyatt and uh, Madeline, my younger brother and sister, were watching it. I literally felt like I was getting really stupid. And the problem is it sucks you into the point where you're like, I don't know what's going on. But I'm just going to sit here because I don't want to leave. Wow. Really weird. And there's no story. Right. There's no story. The characters are terrible. I mean, and I'm sorry for those of you who are fans of it or have kids who are fans of it, but uh, it's really stupid. It really is. It's like how SpongeBob is now. The first hundred episodes of SpongeBob, fine, whatever. But after that, I mean, it got, it's like. That's what my sister said. It just it makes you feel dumber. It really does. I have a friend. It's like who, you're crack. I have a friend who takes all AP classes. Yes. And, and he watches SpongeBob for five minutes, and he feels like he's getting dumber and dumber, and he can't concentrate on his work okay. when he get when he turns off the TV and goes back to it. I mean, it's that bad. Go with that. Speaking of distracted shorts cartoons, do you want to move on to talking about the shorts now? Yes, because I won't stop talking if I don't. I know, bad. Now, it's a brand new superhero short on DC Nation. The Amethyst, we had level 5 this week. Battle of the Stormy Peaks. Cause I don't really have much to say about it. It's the same thing we're saying every week. This Man, one was where I thought. Yes, had, the action was cool. She actually did something and sets up the last one where she's going to fight this evil guy. And it was a good evil villain. Yeah, he looks good. Like a serious evil villain. Yeah, he almost looks like Morbius from the Spider-Man comics a little bit. Yeah, he does. I'll give you that. But, yeah, I mean... It's a little cutesy, but again, this is for girls. Right, and it was good setup, too. Like, this this show could easily be a a show. This short could easily be a show. Yeah. And we could almost enjoy it. I I don't know if I'd watch it. I mean, if it were a little more serious, I might watch it. Just because I like, I watched yeah. Totally Spies when that was on because I love that show. Because <laughs> it's kind of off the wall. Yeah, it's kind of off the wall, and it's and they were really hot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and cartoon their, characters, Michael. And, and their guy always reminded me of uh, a combination of Jarvis and Alfred. But nice. um, but yeah, I mean, if this were a little more serious, this could easily be a show on Cartoon Network. 
Yeah. And ultimately, I think that's where the shorts are going, which is why Teen Titans Go got a series, because I think people received the new Teen Titans shorts so well, that's what happened. And unfortunately, people didn't realize that DC Nation's shorts are basically a trading ground. Well, and it's basically because people wanted more Teen Titans, the original show. Yeah, and which they did. A lot didn't... of people was cut, but ended too soon. Yeah, and it and yeah, and that's the issue. Okay, Cartoon Network didn't get that either. No, they just said, "Oh, more Teen Titans." Okay, Comedy Hour. No, right. we want that actual story, and yeah. But yes. hey, at least they got the original voice actors back. I mean, it's better than nothing. I'll probably watch the first episode, but after that, I don't know what will happen. I agree. Just like me were the Batman, that I'm giving a chance. I can't feel too bad about that because I like the creative team behind it, and it's not their fault the shows were canceled. Yeah, can't. just the Grant Morrison villains. But also Rachel Ghoul and Anarchy. That's okay, I'll take that. They're, they're they're behind the Grant Morrison villains, so it's it's not a complete waste. Well, I really I I don't have such beef against Grant Morrison anymore. After Cartoon Network pulling this stunt. <laughs> well, I still do. Okay, Andy the other day was telling me that he still reads action comics and he really enjoys it. Good for Andy. I'm like Andy, you're on crack, buddy. I'm sorry, I cannot. I it's just Grant Morrison after after ruining Batman and now ruining Superman. It just JLA nineties run and All Star Superman and that's it. Those and, are the Has like, he been reading Superman from the beginning? I think he read from Action Comics one up to the current one, yeah. Okay. The the Mixel Pitalik arc is so confusing. Well, that's Mr. Mitchell Pitalik. It's utter garbage. Especially, it really, it's all it's everywhere, and there's no continuity to it. It just yeah, that's 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 a discussion for another time. So glad he's ending. I can't wait for Andy Diggle. Yes, that's going to be so much better. Yes, I agree. But you can't go wrong with anyone named Diggle. No, you cannot. Yes, that's for you, Arrow fans. Can yes. we with that with all the complications that are going on on Cartoon Network? We're going to talk about the complications. <laughs> going on for Young Justice with the Young Justice Invasion episode. Complications. Black Manta gives Miss Martian 24 hours to live, but that may be more time than Aqualad has with Sportsmaster and Cheshire on the hunt for his head. This episode of Young Justice certainly had its complications, starting out with another plunder from Guess Who, Michael? Captain Adam! Nice. As he falls for the bogus story told by the Compromised Blues Beetle about the Young Justice team just randomly falling through a boob tube. Of course he did. Think of all the crap he fell for in Justice League Unlimited. My gosh. Don't people learn. And in Superman Batman Fall Academies. Oh, I think I think Greg Wiseman and the team realize how stupid Captain Adam can really be, so they're just poking fun at him at this point. A, a boob tube, it just appeared. Because everyone fell through. <laughs> oh like no. A slide. Wee. I don't know what happened, and I just flew up, even though there are other flyers on the team. I don't know. I just it's just such a bogus story. It's not even funny, but go on. Thank God. All I have to say to that is Batman even has a contingency plan when Captain Adams is in charge. 
as he left on Earth, one of the most awesome DC characters, at least in my book, Nightwing. Dick Grayson Nightwing, not not Smallville, Barbara Gordon Nightwing. Right. The the awesome Nightwing, Dick Grayson. Yeah. Barbara Gordon is Batgirl. Thank you very much. And Oracle. Yep. That's yes. it. Yes. Moving on. And he realizes things aren't what they seem. Which is good. That's great. Yeah, he's a detective. He oh. learned the best. He should. He should know. I know. If he didn't, I'd be really disappointed. Yes, we'll talk in a little bit at the end about how I get frustrated with him being underestimated. But my question with this opening scene is, what happened to Arsenal to explain what happened? Because I thought he escaped Blue Beetle trying to capture him with his freakout at the end of last week's episode. Did he ever really escape? Is he is he hiding up in the rafters? Where is he to come out and be like, okay, look, Blue Beetle went crazy. He tried to capture me. God, I got away. Did he ever escape? I thought he did. Did, did he swing away on a grappling arrow? Come on, I'm trying to make a Bane reference. I'm doing the best I can. Oh, jeez. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think he escaped. I huh. think he tried, and then Blue got him off camera, most likely. But Blue is kind of moving in on him when that scene ended. I'm pretty sure. Yes. You know, it just when I started to warm up to Blue Beetle, they pull this. Well, I, I don't take this against Blue Beetle because it's I still really like character this season. Yeah. But like you said, it's not him. It's the reprogrammed Scarab. The Scarab itself. I don't even think would do this even if it had full control over Jamie. Right. Well, Jamie needs to overcome it like Spider-Man black costume style. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be very cool. Yeah. And so, I, but I, I don't know, I felt like it, it was dropping the ball. If Arsenal should have got captured, they should have had him get captured. I think he did. Or at least explain where he is somewhat. Well, I don't know if we're supposed to know where they all are yet. Okay. Although I will say Superboy should not have been captured if they really want to focus on the original team. That's what I said. That's that's my own problem. I agree. The problem. But other than that, I thought it was a good idea to remove the new team that way. Well, you know, once Megan gets out of where she is, what she does in this episode, she's going to go start looking for him. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. And if anyone to find, he better be the one she gets first. So well, the other thing is, it's going to be like, focus on what, go, don't you want to visit Lagoon Boy in the hospital? No. 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 She'll just go right to Superboy. Yeah. That's all we care about. Lagoon Boy flatlined in the hospital last night. <laughs> and we're just leaving it at that. Michael, are you you where were you last night? Um Got about I was actually um reorganizing my new fifty two Justice League action figures last night. Okay. So I just got an alibi. Yeah, there's I mean there was a dark side one too, and he may or may not have come with a boom tube, but I mean Regardless, I mean, that doesn't make me guilty. Right. I I wasn't there. Right. It was that Mannheim guy, right? Yeah. He's got yeah. the boob tubes. 
Well, I mean, it was probably even Gordon Godfrey. I mean, we know, all know how much he hates superheroes. Why wouldn't he just go into the hospital and kill him, boy? I mean, it, it fits him perfectly. I, I would say something, but I can't do his voice. What would you say? If you can't do his voice, it wouldn't be funny. But it would be funny. <laughs> there he comes. Well, I mean, moving on, I guess. Uh, the monster who lives under Michael's bed, known as Black Manta, tells Miss Martian she has 24 hours to fix his son. But surprise! What happened, Michael? He's alive! He's okay! And he basically faked his condition after Miss Martian fixed it a couple episodes to get the drop on the bad guys. And I didn't see that coming. <laughs> well, I gotta say it's a relief to see him back in a normal state of mind. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Because we was... had a couple scares. Yeah. I mean, we thought Simon was gonna mess with his mind, could make him evil. We thought yeah, I was... amnesia. Oh my god. But I got time for that. Right. And they didn't do anything stupid with this at all. To be honest. No, thank God. This was a near perfect episode, believe it or not. I mean, every, you know, every cartoon has done every trick in the book. You know, the amnesia, the switching sides and mind control and everything else. And I like that the character that got mind controlled was Blue Beetle and not someone cool like Aqualad. Yeah, no kidding. Although, we, I mean, we, we probably would have preferred Lagoon Boy be mind controlled. Yeah. Or he could still be a sleeper agent, which he still could be, and then, you know, he could right. flatline in reality and not just in my head. But it felt good. I mean, this was the first time we saw Aqualad be back to Aqualad. Yes. You know, the kick-butt hero. Full costume. Yeah. Everything. I mean, we haven't seen... Oh, well, we kind of haven't seen full-on costume yet. Well, I mean, we did in the... the yeah, the hallucinations. Yeah. But I want to see him come out fighting for the good guys again. I think we will. But I don't know if he'll be in his costume. He may he may still be in the black man in armor just, just to protect himself. I just want him to like rip it off and just have the, the old costume out underneath. Yes. And I want to see Artemis back to her old costume for sure. I Yeah, I think that one will probably be closer to that one than Aqualad. And it was good having them on our side again for this episode. Yep. So you were glad to see him back, I guess? Uh, yeah, him and Artemis. With their covers fully intact, I did not expect it to go as well as it did. Well, yeah, especially with Sportsmaster and Cheshire showing up. Yeah, and Deathstroke <laughs> and Black Mana. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're all on the same boat together. This is not going to end well. And it ends perfectly. And I'm like, what? For an episode called Complications, there certainly were a comp lot of complications. Yeah. But the complications worked out fine. Yeah. I mean, there were no problems. Okay. Well, there, there were. were. It was insane. I'm like, what am I watching? This isn't the show I've been watching for three years. Yeah, I know, because it's always with the show. It's like out of the frying pan, get into the fire. Yeah. like All the time. Like Failsafe, where Miss Martian's uh, training exercise went rogue. And they, it, every time they think they're getting somewhere, they it, it just gets worse. Yes. And it wasn't like that at all here. Every time they were getting somewhere here, it just got better. I know. And it's weird. This episode was called Complications. Because it got better. 
You know, the really fail safe and complications, the episode title should be switched. Yeah. It really would make a lot more sense. Well, the only thing though, I was holding my breath throughout this episode. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat holding my breath because I was just like, something's going to go wrong. Right? Because it's too good. Yes. So that, honestly, they created a great intensity of the episode, but I had to watch this episode again. Yes. Because I, my brain wanted to rush through the episode to see everyone was that everyone was okay. And they were. Yeah. But I was so worried something bad was going to happen. Like, I, I wanted to get through the episode as quick as I could just to know that Miss Marsh and Aqualad and Artemis were okay. I thought Artemis or Calder were going to be outed. I was really Me scared. Too. I was really scared. I wasn't afraid for Megan because I'm sure she, I was sure she was going to be okay. And face it, with everything that's happened with her this season, she's not as likable as she used to be. But Calder and Artemis, I was so afraid that they were going to get outed and ex. ex- <sighs> And oh, you can't even say the word because it's so frightening to you. I, it is. I just it just doesn't compute. And then I thought like Cheshire was gonna accidentally like kill Artemis. Yes, or Sportsmaster was. I was like, oh no. Well, and I was even worried for Sportsmaster and Cheshire. I know. I was like, crap. Either their covers are gonna be bl- or they're gonna blow their covers, or they're gonna die. I don't want either one to happen because I actually liked them this episode. But you're like Black Mana can't win. Yeah, that's why you were on their side. Cause they were against Black Mana. Exactly. Anyone that's against Black Mana is your friend. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I mean, oh. And I was mad. I mean, the first time there was some really cool fighting stuff that went on, like Sportsmaster taking out that. Ball and chain on Black Mana. Yes. Some of that fighting was awesome. And Black Mana shooting the laser eyes. When was the last time we saw the laser eyes? Not for a while. That was cool. And what happened to Black Mana's sword? He had like a sword that comes out of his armor. Yeah. That and the laser eyes. He, I thought he used those in the episode where he fought Calder in Atlantis in season one. I think that was the last time we saw either one of them. So I was happy to see the laser eyes again. And I forget, who was it that pulled that awesome move that paralyzed uh, What's-Her-Face against uh, Black Mana and Tigress against the wall? Was that Miss Margin or was that Cheshire that did that? Um, I think it was Miss Margin. Well, whoever that was, that was some awesome like Black Mana potage. <laughs> yes. I was just like, whoa, this I is crazy. I will admit, Black Mana is one of the coolest villains. No matter how scary he is, he is one of the coolest villains in the DC Universe. Yeah. Just based off of this show and the current Aquaman comic, I mean, he's nuts. Yes. The guy is insane, and he's better for it. Yeah, but still, I mean, even after like this episode worked out well, or things just kept getting better this episode... I mean, there's still this idea in the back of my mind, like, is Sportsmaster going to blow this? Like, yeah. is he going to give it away? Because I could see him, like, bragging to the light. Like, they start chasing me after him. He's like, you guys are so stupid. You don't even know that my daughter's spying on you underneath your nose. I I thought he, I, he'd be like, Oops. He may do that. I would be so ticked, but he might do it. <laughs> because that one scene where he... Like, they they go inside his mind. Miss Martian explains it to him. 
He's like, oh, I still don't believe it. Yeah. And Artemis is just like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. And then she shows him that move, and she, he's like, oh, wow. I taught you that move. He go, She goes, uh, yeah, duh, dad, that's what I've been saying. So that makes me feel like, oh, great, this guy's gonna blow it. I Yeah, I think he will. And that's gonna suck. Oh, my God. I can just hear, dad! Oh, yeah, try getting out of that black man at submarine, Arnold. Just should well, Royal clean it up. Well, <laughs> Yeah, we need to see Red Arrow again, too. I He needs to come back. But no. Well, why uh, wasn't he taking care of the baby? He probably was taking care of the baby in this episode. Quite honestly, that's probably where well, he was. they showed her with the mom. Oh. That's right. Yes. That changes things. Um, I don't know where he is. Maybe he's... No. I don't know. That's a good question. He's trying to fight Arsenal. <laughs> that could Green be... Arrow, yeah. That could be. But I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I have a feeling Sports, Sportsmancer is going to out out one of them out, either Calder or Artemis. And I have a feeling it's Calder, only because he'll want to protect his daughter. Yeah. But it could also be Artemis, just based purely off the fact that he's boasting about her. True. And she apparently now owes him a favor. And that, I guess, would be how he catches in. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and even, like, you know, things did work out with Sports Besser Cheshire. This episode, I mean, it just would not let us breathe. Oh, uh, no. I mean, Thank first we had Black Mana, then Sportsmaster, then Deathstroke. Because, like, who's next? Mr. Mitzel Pinelik? Yeah. Deathstroke was underused. I thought so, too. I, I mean, Arrow makes up for it for me, so I was okay with it. But, but the there's always, always so much fighting you could do. And by the time he showed up, I was kind of at where Artemis was, where she's just like, Megan, get out of here already. Yeah. Like, it was getting too long. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was getting to the point that it got so silly that Lagoon Boy was going to show up and screw everything up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Neptune's beer! Right, exactly. Then it all would have went to crap. And I guess that's my question for you, Michael, is did they put too many complications in this episode entitled complications? I don't I don't honestly, I don't really think they did. I think of anything, the B plot, which would have been the Nightwing uh uh Blue Beetle thing. Yeah. I I think of anything that went a little short, but I don't think the storyline with in Black Mana's submarine went long by yeah. any means. I think it was perfectly timed. I think everything went according to plan. I think everyone everything was very good. I had no problems with that arc at all. It was just a whirlwind because of our love for the characters. Exactly. It was just yeah. raining because of watching it and trying to get through it and making sure everyone was okay. And that was the only I mean, that's the only right. issue. But that I mean that just shows how good it was. Exactly, exactly. And how good the show has been before to get us so excited and scared for these characters. I mean, it was like when we saw Argo, and I was on the edge of my seat for yeah. that higher 15-minute scene. Yes. I didn't know what was going to happen, regardless of if I know how the story turned out or not. Well, and and, I, yeah. I was freaking out. God, I'm glad this show got back to this energy, because it's been missing since it returned from hiatus. 
that, except, that's not their fault. Episode. What? That first episode when they were in the Reach's ship underwater rescuing right. the kids and last week's, I think, was really good. But everything in between, I would agree with you on. But, but the other thing is the last week's episode, the first episode back, we, you and I, had watched before. That's true. And it was running off the momentum of the week before. That is true. So I don't know if that made a difference or not. I agree with that. It'll be interesting when it's all said and done with to go back and watch this straight through on DVD. If they release it on those DVDs. Oh, they better. Well, they've been releasing them really oddly. Like the first eight episodes are on one disc, then the next eight, then the next 15, and then the first half of season one or season two. Right. So they've been releasing it really strangely. And if they don't do complete sets, I don't know if I'll get them. Yeah. I mean, I probably will for Green Lantern only because there there will only be two DVDs, part one of season one and part two of season one. Well, I want to get my hands on this show somehow. I know. But the problem is Young Justice is spread out within five different DVDs, and I can't buy them. There's your fan campaign on Twitter. Young Justice Complete Series DVDs. Hashtagged and ready to go right now. There you go. And really, I mean, the way the episode ended with this, I feel like we're getting closer towards our goal of the Young Justice team coming together one final time. We had that issue with Superboy. So hopefully that'll all work out, right? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So hopefully that's going to be taken care of. Hopefully, you know, they'll save him. But with that being said... I can't complain too much because it was just flat out cool how Nightwing saw right through the Reach's plans for a Blue Beetle. Guys, really, the guy deserves a win after his double agent idea didn't necessarily go as expected until this episode. Although, even though Nightwing has a great fan following that includes myself, the people behind the DC Universe, not the fans, have a tendency to underrate the character. Kind of brings a smile to my face, knowing that the Reach underestimating Nightwing is going to bring about their downfall. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. They're like, oh, we got Batman out of the way. Yay. Not. (laughs) Not you got Batman Jr. right here, who has been Batman. Batman told him to stay on Earth, so technically Batman still pwned you. Yes. Can't stop the Bat, Bat, Bat family. I tell ya. Please don't stop that Batman. Well, you've got... They, they're they like, oh yeah, we'll get the smart Bat family members out of the way. <laughs> and then there are three more left on Earth. He's okay. an acrobat. We don't have to worry about him. Whoops. Yeah, well, maybe. That's what you get for dissing circus, folks. Yes, sir. Yes. And I like this because, I don't know, I think it's this is a funny joke I'm going to make. And I don't know if he's totally the one that wanted to pull the plug on this, but I've got to say that it's this means that the with the Reach underestimating Nightwing, that Dan DiDino is the leader of the Reach. Since he wanted to kill Nightwing, got the end of Infinite Crisis. So... Eat that, Dan Dino, for trying to get rid of another one of my favorite characters. Yes. <laughs> you got pwned by the DC Nation podcast. 
Yes, you did. I love this. Do you love this, Michael, that Nightwing was given the evidence to cause the Reach's undoing? Absolutely. Absolutely. If anyone, if anyone on the team deserves this, if anyone on the team has worked hard enough for this, it would be Nightwing just from the fact... <laughs> Just off the basis that, yes, he may have been always the youngest member, and yes, he may have been the first sidekick and the fir- the longest one doing this, but he worked so hard to become leader of that team. Yes. And to refuse joining the Justice League <laughs> to still be a part of that team and still be a part of where he was needed and what he started, I think that in and of itself deserves it. Plus all the tra- childhood trauma and training and right. all that, that he's gone through regardless of Batman being involved or not. He well, still is it just based off of his life experience. Yeah. Just the faith he put in his friends. Yeah. That well, Oh, that's a huge one too. Absolutely. I didn't even think of that. Especially Aqualad. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's a lot of points there where he, he kind of started getting skeptical Cause he believed in him the whole time. Yeah. Cause that smile on his face at the end. That was great. I know. Gotcha. Yes. I love that too. I want there, and I know this won't happen, but I want there to be a scene where Nightwing just walks on the G. Gordon Godfrey show and just explains how he's full of crap. (laughs) Yes. Better yet, just have Superboy rampage through it. (laughs) I just want like G. Gordon Godfrey to be like, uh, like on stage, can you start hearing Nightwing's laugh? Yes. You know, like when he goes rough. You don't even have to see him. You just hear him laughing throughout yeah. the place. Because he's like, what? What's going on? And then on the screen, it plays the evidence. That would be awesome. That would be great, yes. Still, as a Nightwing fan, I love this. Guy was so pumped at the end of this episode. Because as soon as uh, Captain Adam started spouting off that nonsense about believing the boom tube, I'm like, Nightwing doesn't believe that. I'm like, Nightwing's smarter than that. But he got and the end, I'm like, yes, Nightwing's right. Because my family thought it was so weird that it got that exciting. They're like, who the heck is Nightwing? Like the most awesome character ever. <laughs> like the best character ever? I bet your brother knew who Nightwing was. My brother was at home at the time. Oh, okay. That kind of sucks then. You're all yes. left, buddy. <laughs> my brother, yes. So my You're... brother, he's... He had a hard time with the Slade stuff. Got Arrow. Did he? Why? He just was like, what the heck? Winter Green, there's another Slade. And then I explained it all. He's like, okay, that's better. Did he watch it? Yeah, he watched it. Oh, yeah. Did he read the digital? I probably should give that to him and have him look at that. You should probably have him start reading your print versions once I start giving them to you. Yeah. Because that way he'll understand the show better. I think if all the Arrow fans did that, they'd understand it a lot better. Quite honestly. I mean, that's partially why Wu and I cover it apart with Longbow Hunters. Because it enhances the viewing experience. Yeah. Like the uh, comic for Young Justice does for this show. Which is ending because tomorrow's 25th issue of yes, the yes. Young Justice comic book series will be its last. And I'm so mad because it's an awesome arc and the last six episodes have only been 
are have been set in the season two invasion timeline and they're the only ones that have been so far but the the comic is written by the showrunners and it goes hand in hand with the series so it's awesome so everyone should read it check it out yes check it out even when it comes in on uh, paperback and collected editions get those because those actually probably would be better to buy because they're more money and it supports the show better but anyway Moving back. Sorry, I just sidebar there. No, I think that pretty much sums up Young Justice for this week. Uh, two great discussions on DC Nation shows for this week. No kidding. So you guys got a real treat for this episode. We're getting back huh. in the saddle again. Right, along with these shows. Yes. And with that, we're going to move on to a, a comic book that was really kind of cool this week. Well, it's always good, but this was... <laughs> This was extra special ones. This was, this was very good. And this is Smallville Season 11, number 34, Content Chapter 8. A speed storm is about to hit Vegas with the Black Flash in the middle of it all. Lives are at risk, and Superman's bound to stop it. But first, he's going to have to get a new suit? Original Flash, Jay Garrick, lends support and advice, while elsewhere, events continue to unfold on Earth 2. Yeah. That was... What? That was a mouthful. Yes. (laughs) Really oddly written, but okay. Obviously, Brian didn't write that. Obviously. Yes. At least we hope not. If you did, Brian, well, get better. Anyway... (laughs) Get, uh... Chloe Sullivan, or two. Bit of a home record there. Yeah, okay. a little bit. Okay. little sleazy. Okay. I, I have to mention this right now, because if I don't, I will forever not hold my peace. And I need to hold that peace, because that peace is all that keeps me going on this show. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Dan, you, you will also get mad at this. When this comic came out, it received generally good reviews from people on Twitter because, you know, a lot of, I follow a lot of Smallville fans on Twitter, obviously, because that's why I got on Twitter because of Smallville. And a lot of them read it. A lot of them liked it. And then we get a bunch of women. And I'm Careful. not going to put a sidebar on women because that would be wrong. I'm not discriminating against all women. I'm sure some women disagree with what these women you are saying. You need to be careful with these fans. You, if you, 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 I'm not going to mention names. Okay. I'm not going to mention names. I don't necessarily follow all of them. It doesn't matter. The point is, I know Elisa Lee would agree with me anyway, so we at least have one woman on our side. Okay, back us up, Elisa Lee, please. <laughs> no. A bunch of women were complaining about Lois getting the shaft in all comics continuity, which I understand. She is kind of getting the shaft here. But that's Earth too. Right. But what people aren't realizing is is that Superman and Superman comics do not revolve around Lois Lane. Lois Lane is a important character and a supporting cast, absolutely. But Lois some of the best Superman stories have been told without Lois Lane. Lois Lane is not absolutely essential to Superman. But but again, she's not essential to Superman. Within the Earth 2 universe. That as well. That's that's kind of where I'm going to. Without Clark Kent, Lois Lane 
Chloe Sullivan and Oliver Queen would be completely different people. He changed their lives in ways that, well, not many people in the real world change other people's lives, but he did. Right. And the fact that he grew up a Luther, Clark Luther, to be exact. That's on Earth, too. Just to... That's on Earth, too. Yes, that confused it. That, that means Chloe would not have had the best friend she's had since eighth grade, uh. which means Chloe would not have trusted many people because of her family illness, first of all. Well, and, and what we saw in the last issue. Yes, and yes. that as well. Oliver would have never become a hero like he did on Earth One. And Lois would have, well, she, I mean, I don't think she would have become that reporter character she became. She, she married the Earth. best man on the planet. Yeah. Within Earth Two. Yeah. Because Superman is essentially evil. And the thing, too, is Oliver cheating on Lois, and this was another complaint, that Oliver cheated on Lois on Earth, too. Why would anyone cheat on Lois? Well, the thing is, that's in Oliver Queen's nature. That's what he yes. does. He did that on Arrow with Sarah, who is uh, his love interest, Laurel's sister. <laughs> he does that in the comics with Shadow yes. when he's dating Black Canary. And he does it here on Earth, too, with Chloe when he was with Lois. It's not out yes. of character for Oliver to do this. And I understand the upsetment. I understand the unfair treatment treatment of Lois Lane. I get all these things. But again, Smallville has always been about Clark Kent. So right. you need to focus more on Clark. And this is not out of character for Oliver, no matter what anyone says. The other thing is Chloe is tempting him. Third two, Chloe's tempting him. Yeah. This is a dark version of Chloe. Who grew up without Clark. It's a very right. different... It's not Earth One Chloe. Because remember it's, how different Jonathan Kent was. Yes. He was very dark. Yes. And so Chloe in Earth Two is going to be dark. Yes. That's why she died. Right. So these are not the characters that you knew and loved. The, your, your favorite characters are not getting the shaft. Yes. And um, Luther... When Clark tells Lois that she's always consistent, that's true. At the core, Lois Lane is consistent, but she is not the Lois of Earth One. Right. She's not the same person. Oliver on Earth Two, not the same person as Oliver as Earth One. We almost saw Earth One Oliver become that in season nine of Smallville, but he didn't. Right. Because he had Clark. The difference is Earth Two Oliver does not. Right. If you guys have to understand Main Street continuity. Which in, in this book is the Smallville universe. The, the present day show that we watched every week for 10 years is the continuity. Right. And there everything is fine. With Earth 2 and the many parallel universes that exist, I'm assuming the Smallville universe has more than just Earth 2. I don't know about that. That wouldn't be a question for me. But still, what I'm saying is a lot of shows do parallel worlds and a lot of them are else world stories or what if stories right and Smallville itself at the core is that as well right but what I'm saying is it's not they're not I don't understand why you know Brian's not trying to infuriate people no he's In trying fact, to tell a good story he's trying to tell a story about a parallel world and the ways, the easiest way to make Earth 2 Chloe different than Earth 1 is to make the character darker. 
Right. It's and easy. We, it's not complicated. Right now, that's keeping Lois and Clark together. And that's, yeah. that, and that's because that's where the show went. The difference with that, the new 52, is in the new 52, they didn't want Lois and Clark together, the higher-ups at DC, because they wanted to explore that relationship in a fresh perspective, which I grant them for, and they've done well on it so far, regardless of what you think of Wonder Woman. I, folks, they're going to get there. I, folks, I think that they're going to get back together. I think so, too. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I think what they did is they just jumped the story backwards to build it back up into a real relationship. Because I think they felt that they couldn't progress the story with them together anymore. Or they need to build back up to that so they have more avenues to go. So I think they'll eventually end up together in the comic books. I agree. And quite honestly, if you don't think, and if you think you can do better, go write your own story. And that's your own the choice. But right. this or is what the happened. other stories. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is what's happening right now. And regardless of what you guys say, it's not going to change until the writers want it to change. And so far, they've been taking things the way it would have been taken in a more modern day context, even more modern than Smallville, I believe. And the, and and the movie could twist it, too. I agree. When the movie comes out, there's going to be some changes as well. I agree. So deal with it. I also I, I also think if you're really a fan of Smallville, small half a small over half of Smallville is building up that relationship, and if you appreciate that, and you don't appreciate what they're trying to do in the new Fifty Two, I think you are kind of misguided at this point. But I think the fi- new Fifty Two should incorporate that. I think so too. It I think should. they're trying to do their own context version of it because even it, even though Superman and Lo- and Wonder Woman are together right, right now. First of all, it's not the first time it's happened in the comics. And second of all, it's not going to last. I mean, even in the Throne of Atlantis story arc in the Justice League book, they right. Clark immediately asks if Lois is okay before anyone else. He still has feelings for her, but this is where he's at now. Well, it's fun to play with it. I agree. And that's what Jeff Johns wanted to do. Yeah. Which is fine. And that's the reason why I don't think they were together at the beginning. Because Jeff Johns said, I want to try this. Because yeah. it was explored or toyed with uh, when they did the the post-crisis reboot yeah, in, it, in the 80s. But it never really went in any, anywhere, and this time they want to make it go somewhere to see where it will turn out. Well, because... I could see him being tempted to try that. Yeah. To try to be with someone like him before going with a human person. Well, it makes sense because of how much of an outsider he's been, regardless right. of if Lois is his current human best friend or not. Right. Still doesn't feel completely able to trust her because she doesn't completely understand him and never will. Right. And and then and I guess it ultimately comes down to a thing where it doesn't matter. Well, and I think it's what he discovered on Smallville. And he'll figure that out, but he's just not at that place yet. Right. So you have to think of this, folks, with the comic book right now. He's where Clark was in season eight or nine. Whereas in Smallville, he's at where he is now. He's at season 11. He's right. fully Superman. He's still wrestling with things, as you see, but right. it's not as bad between him and Lois. And so, really, if you guys still want to see them together, please read this book. But don't don't keep complaining about what's going on in the mainstream if, if you can't handle it. Well, you're complaining about what's going on in a parallel world. That well, ultimately and, isn't going to be the story. And really, that stemmed from them talking about the low Lo, or Clark and Lois not being together anymore and the Clark and Wonder Woman relationship. 
it stemmed from that right. and then into this. So I felt Brian was getting a little bit of backlash because of something else that wasn't out of his control. And I just wanted to right. clarify up what all that was. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's great that you did that. I think that needed to be done. I think that needed to be, you know, known by people. Cause the other thing is like with Chloe, I mean, I feel like her seed, this road, she could have traveled. It challenges her character. Yeah, it gives her something to do. Because I mean, you're not you don't want to see a story with Chloe Sullivan just having pregnancy problems. Yeah, well, I mean, then having the baby or moving to start Link City or occasionally, you know, doing stuff on the computer for the team, she has nothing else to do. So this is actually giving her a story arc, something to do. I mean, in season ten, part of the reason she was gone, besides Alice and Mac wanting to leave. It's because they had nothing for her to do. They had nothing right. for her to do in season nine either, and they barely got her in that season, and which is why they, you know, lowered her right. episodes in ten. So Brian's trying to give you guys what you want, more yeah. Chloe and a purpose to Chloe. So yeah. back off. Exactly. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you can email us and write us why you don't like it, or you can just sit down and shut up and enjoy the show. Or tweet. Ryan, because I'm sure he'll explain to you why he did this. Well, it was kind of funny because... Be nice Brian, to him, though. Brian was being entangled in a conversation between two people on Twitter who were debating about this and getting angry. And Brian just tweets and he goes, drop me from this thread, please. Okay. I'm like, burn! Okay. <laughs> it was great, but yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, just back off. It's They're yeah. the writers. They know what they are doing. If you think you can do better, do better. Do it on your own. But yep. don't complain about someone else's writing because you don't have to read it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, I know that's blunt. I know it sounds mean, but it's no. straightforward and it's true. Right. But, I mean, I think that settles everything with Chloe there. Yeah. And that's <laughs> I think that, at that world. <laughs> God, time for Jay Garrick now. Han Solo? Right. It's kind of like that. Harrison Ford could play Jay Garrick. Harrison Ford coming back for episode seven. I know. So it's Mark Hamill. Uh, what's her name? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No Star Wars. It's true. I know, but we're going off again. I know. I'm sorry. Okay, keep going. So Jay Garrick, you know, he's in this. And they're talking about hey, the Speed Force. Yeah, he's in this. Okay, bye. Well, and, and they talked about the whole thing that was kind of established in Flash Rebirth. And following that. And the new 52 addressed it, didn't it, as well? Uh, with the Black Flash? Well, with there being that there was multiple Flashes throughout generations. Because uh, the Speed Force chooses a they, human. They have not ex explained that yet in the Flash arc. In the Flash book, I mean. I thought it was hinted at with the Gorilla Grodd thing. It's It's been hinted at, but the the cave painting you see in Gorilla City in Flash Rebirth does not appear in the new 52. Okay. So, and yes, Gorilla Grodd has Speed Force-like powers in the New 52. They stem from that, but I, it hasn't been fully developed yet. But Brian borrowed that from somewhere. I think he borrowed that from Rebirth with Johns. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's what I wanted to... Right? Yes. I mean, that sounds right, right? Right. So okay. that's what they're doing. They're explaining the tradition of the Flash family, of what that's about. And since Bart's after Jay, then he's got to be Barry. I was thinking about this. 
And I mean, the haircut alone. Hello, why I'm would they? I'm wondering if it's a weird up? time loop thing. What do you mean? Like, I'm feeling like that Bart dies in this. Kind of gets passed on to Barry. Uh, I don't know. Uh, like, I feel like they're going to do a Hawkman thing here. They could. Uh, uh, I, I don't uh, know. The thing is, That's though, a theory, Dan, Michael. Dan, the thing is, though, is the last time we saw Bart, he had brown hair and it was curly and it was kind of like mine used to be before I cut it yesterday. And now it's like a buzz cut and it's it's blonde. Yeah, okay. And he's after Jay and he talks about a flash of light. Well, maybe and, he gets his memories back or something. Talk, and he talks, though, he also talks about seeing all the names in the flash of light. And the thing yeah. is, Barry created the Speed Force. Barry is the first one, technically, to get the Speed Force. And the Speed Force went back through yeah. time and forward in time. So if Bart is Barry, he could have seen all those names because of that. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I just hope Brian explains it in not a complicated way. Well, he told us he was going to. <laughs> I'm hoping it's this week. We're this getting bits and pieces. It's hard to get it. I think it's going to flow a lot better together in the print. I think so, too. Because I feel like we get a little piece here, a little piece there every week. Kind of if we read it in one fluid motion, I think it would be an explanation that makes sense. I think so too. I, once the print comes out, I'm grabbing that thing like hack and reading the. Well, crap. I think once we get to the digital issue after it's all explained, I think we're gonna get a better grasp on it too. So I think we're gonna say, okay, all these theories we had in the previous chapters that we said, throw them out the window, because now we have all the pieces. Yeah. And it's gonna be this, and then I think we can we need to give a reaction once we have all the pieces together. They go from there. Yeah, I agree with that. So, also, I gotta say, I loved Emil's rocket thing. Yes. And the suit. That was sweet. That kind of reminded me of Batman Arkham City. You know how the bat plane like, drops a pod down? I'll be honest. I haven't played that game. You know I don't have video okay, games. Okay, well, in the beginning of the, 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 beginning of the game, uh, there is a, a bat plane. Okay. Flies over... Well, Bruce Wayne gets captured, get taken to Arkham City. What? So he doesn't even have his costume on. Oh, okay. So he gets in there, and he breaks free of where he's trapped at. He gets out there and gets the safety, climbs up this ladder. And he says, and he calls Alfred, and the bat plane flies overhead, and drops down a capsule that looked very similar to this, that had the bat suit inside of it. By the way, I gotta say, I still feel like Brian's trying to sell action figures. Like, you know, yeah. in, De in Detective, we had that awesome um, old Superman armor. Now we have this Speed Force Superman armor. I feel like we're gonna get Swallow Season 11 action figures soon <laughs> with all these different armors. And I think he's I, trying I buy, to. I would buy them all, but. <laughs> I wanna ask Tom Wally, would you ever wear those costumes? Uh, he might wear the armor. You'd be like, I wouldn't be caught dead in that. I'd... That's all I always think of. So, like, Brian, you're doing it now because you could never get Tom in that. Yeah, probably. That's about it. Yeah, so. That's about it. And I really think it Vegas, awesome setting. 
for the finale to this? Well, I, th I think it's partially a reference, and here we go with my Barry Allen theory, theory again, to Justice League, uh, The New Frontier. Yes, that's what I thought. Because in that uh, movie, in the animated movie, which was originally a comic book, The New Frontier by, uh, help me with the name. Oh, Blanken. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm drawing blank. But anyone uh, knows the Just League New Frontier. Anyway, it, it was an animated movie that DC did. It was the second one in their DC uh, original universe movies or whatever. And in that movie, Barry Allen, the Flash, has to face Captain Cold in Vegas. Yep. And he runs through a casino and he takes him down in a helicopter and Captain Cold gets kind of possessed by this alien meteor thing. And it's kind of creepy because he starts talking this weird voice with his head screwed up. But it's really cool what yeah. Barry does in that scene because he really goes through everything. And you see him speed around. It's it's pretty awesome. Yep. I think if that's where they go, you know, that could be another reference to that. Yes. I just like I thought it fit Bart's character. Just kind of the fun, playful side that he has. Yeah. It's just a flashy place. It's really cool to see that happen. It's a place Smallville hasn't gone. They got close. Good fortune. Yeah. A little bit. There's not going to be a lever this time, so don't worry. Not this time. Not this time. So, but anyway, seriously, it's going to be fun in Vegas. I kind of want like Clark to start flying towards it with Sweet Home Alabama playing. A little throwback to Con Air. If you've seen that movie. That would be cool. I don't know if you see Con Air, Michael, but the coolest thing of the movie, it's Nicolas Cage. So, again, kind of corny movie. No, no, no. We can't have Nicolas Cage. He almost played Superman in the 90s. But no, the movie's, the end of the movie is they have to land, a, they have to crash land, get an airplane on the Vegas Strip. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yes. So it's kind of a corny movie, the premise of that. The is that when we liked Nicolas yeah, that was around the time where he did The Rock and Caught in 60 Seconds and... and Family Man. I love Family Man. That is a hilarious movie. The inspiration for Lexmas. Yes, no <laughs> kidding. No kidding. I brought it back to Smallville, all right. And there's a black guy that happens right before they black out. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, that wasn't politically correct at all, and I didn't even try to be. <laughs> You're stating facts. Whether it's Griff or Don Shield, doesn't matter. Right, exactly. All right, so, I mean, does that cover everything? Was there anything else you want to mention about Haunted Chapter 8? I really like how they're doing Jay Garrick. It's a really interesting take and complete yeah. 180 on his character. It's almost like we're watching Earth 2, but it's not. So it's it's kind of cool. And on that note, I kind of want to see what the Earth 2 uh, Justice League would look like. I wonder if we'll get to see that. Or it's not going to be a Justice League. Or Injustice. Or the. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, yeah. What, what Crime Syndicate? That's crime it. Syndicate, yeah. That would be cool. I think what's going to happen is I think we'll see the old Jay Garrick by the end. I think him seeing Clark in action, what he's willing to do to protect Bart is going to inspire him again. Well, I, I have a feeling he'll go back to the brownstone by the end of the arc. 
with my uncle and take his helmet and get back in the game after fixing his leg. Yes. I really hope so, because if that's the case, him and Stargirl could restart the JSA. They could get a new Dr. Fate and Hawkman and Heart Girl could be reincarnated. Yes. I would love to see that. Well, that would be- Alan Scott's still out there, too. Like Effigy. Good. Alan Scott is still out there, too. Yes, Alan Scott and Wildcat. Yep. Wait, was Wildcat even in the portrait? They showed him. Did they? He gets arrested, yeah. That's right. Okay, yep. good. Yeah. I was worried for a second because I for- forgot if he was in there or not. Yeah, he's there. The Spectre would be cool. Yes. Sandman would be – no, he's dead. Crap. Yeah. You get a sidekick. Or a new Sandman, yeah. Yeah. Get, uh, yeah. What's his name? Sandy Hawkins or whatever. That would be cool. Oh, yeah. And just have him be the new Sandman. Yeah, that would be really cool, actually. Yep. I like that a lot. Yeah, see, that would be a cool parallel story, Brian, if you're listening. The Elseworld story. That could be the special. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Like Effigy. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. That would be pretty nuts. Or it could be an arc and they come over and they fight the Justice League. That would be awesome. To, oh, yeah. that. Well, even a team-up where both teams come together. that would. But you have to establish that the league is the actual league before you can do that. Right. Well, That's, that could come, too. I don't know. Brian does need to establish them as the Justice League in Season 11. I think it's about time. I bet that'll be the end. I bet that'll be defeating the Anti-Monitor. And you just see Batman and Superman and all them together and yeah. the Justice League? Yep. God, I would try introducing Wonder Woman and see how people react to it. And ju- and Green Lantern. You got to get Hal Jordan. Yeah. But no, you know, with the Wonder Woman show coming out and stuff, got to test out Wonder Woman and see what happens. I think you'll get positive reviews on Wonder Woman if she's done kind of like the Wonder Woman animated movie, Wonder Woman. By the way, on ATA... DC Nation or so, like this. On ATA 112, we mentioned something about a Wonder Woman special airing on PBS on April 17th. What? Yeah, it's a, it's a documentary totally dedicated to Wonder Woman got her influence on female superheroes. I heard about that. Yes. That sounds interesting. I might have to watch that. So check it out, because they've done specials on Batman. Because they've done specials on Superman. They've never done a Wonder Woman one before. And it seems like it's going to be an interesting watch. I'm excited to see that because she really did pave the way for female superheroes. And female superheroes have never been the same. So check it out. We add that maybe something very well we could do here. Talk about. Yeah, we could talk about that on an episode. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe we could get Elisa Lee to come on and talk with us about it. I think she would love to do that. I think she would absolutely love to do that. Because that by that point, DC Nation will be wrapped up. I mean, not DC Nation, but... That's true. Agreed. And we can do some more commentaries. Yes. No, we have to get to the good ones. Yeah, I know we do. Yes. Like, I really... Talking about it today, I really want to do Justice League New Frontier. Yes. yes. And Return of the Joker. Yes, that does get me excited. Return of the Joker is going to be a fun one. Oh, yeah. That'll be that'll be fun. But I, before we go, I, I do want to say I'm really I'm I'm really liking Haunted, but I'm I'm about ready for it to be wrapped up because I'm really excited for Argo. Yes. So, yeah. I'm thinking about writing on Brian's Twitter when it comes out. Argo, flip yourself. 
don't know if you get the joke. Uh, I would I would make sure he's seen the movie first. Yeah, exactly. That that could be really ugly. That yeah, should be the hashtag for that arc. That would be awesome. Yes. And with that, we're digressing once again. Clearly. So, yeah, this episode's been a lot of digressing. <laughs> Absolutely. Fun discussion. Dan. Nice. But anyway, we're going to move on to the closing. Good, Michael, would you like to tell all of our friendly listeners what we're doing on our next episode? Absolutely, Dan. On the next episode of the DC Nation podcast, we will be covering new episodes of Green Lantern, the animated series, Young Justice Invasion, Smallville Season 11, and a few new DC Nation shorts. The Green Lantern episode will be, <clears throat> excuse me, episode 23, Larflees. Yes. You can guess who will be the villain of that episode. Okay. Young Justice will return with the episode The Hunt with the return of The Runaways. Uh, Smallville will also return with issue 35, Haunted Chapter 9, the last part of print issue 11 of Smallville Season 11. Um, the shorts next week will include Amethyst Level 6, and the other one won't matter because we won't be covering it. Because it's a replay. Absolutely. And the episode of Young Justice called The Hunt could feature maybe Infinity Inc., formerly known as The Runaways. We'll see. <laughs> Formerly known as The Runaways. And until our next exciting episode, you can check out our other podcasts, ATA Retro Reviews, which covers TV shows that were canceled or went out, out on their own terms. And soon we'll be covering movies. Can Michael okay. let you know when that happens? And also we've got the original Across the Airwaves podcast, which started it all here. And that covers live action dramas currently airing on TV. Because that includes what? You know how uh, E.T., how they always say the movie that started it all? Yes. Uh, whenever you say Across the Airwaves, I always think the podcast that started it all. Well, because, it because your favorite movie is E.T., and it just makes sense. Yes. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just keep going. I'm losing my mind. No, that's good. I like that assumption there. Correct. You should start saying that now. Across the Airwaves, the podcast that started it all. Nice. I like that. Go remember that. And uh, on Across the Airways, you can listen to myself and my co-host Nico talk about current dramas, live-action dramas and sitcoms airing on network television and a few cable shows. We talk about Castle. We talk about Once Upon a Time. We talk about Psych, which is coming back soon. We're going to start covering that. We talk about The Following, Person of Interest, Modern Family, the Big Bang Theory. Soon Continuum. Walking Dead. Got a whole lot more. We Walking Dead now? Yes, we just started this week. I really should be on that. Talk with Nico. No, he scares me. <laughs> no, he, no, he said he's open to it. So talk with Nico. So we cover all those shows. Again, Andy Babacht is a part of that with us. Got Woo is as now as a section. Got leaves us voicemail. So. It's got everybody on it, and soon, I think Michael will be on the show as well. And also, yeah, hopefully for Walking Dead and Continuum, I'll be doing with Dan. So yes, that, we will start covering that soon. Got also, we have Logball Hunters, the Arrow podcast. Yep. And that's hosted by Michael, got his partner yep. in Crime Woo. And they cover episodes of Arrow in greater detail. 
So we've referenced that a lot on our podcast today. So if you want to know what the heck we're talking yeah. about, listen to that podcast because it covers yeah. episodes of the great show Arrow in greater details. Okay, if listen. you're a DC fan listening to this podcast, you need to be watching that show. Yeah, absolutely. Because you'll absolutely. And also, if you'd like, you can contact us about anything we discuss here in a variety of ways. You can do that by visiting our website at www.acrosstheairwaves.com. And there you can email us at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. Again, that's acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like, you can click the like button on the right-hand side of our webpage. And through that, clicking that button, uh, you can access all the movie and TV news that my co-host Nico reports on during the week. And also, you can stay updated on our podcast episode releases. So for that same information, you can follow us on Twitter. And our Twitter is Across Airwaves. There's no the there. It's just Across Airwaves. Or you can join our circle on Google+. Also, if you'd like, you can leave a voicemail about any of the shows we cover that we will play on air. Okay, what number can you call to do that, Michael? one 809 That is 1-773-809-3363. Also, um, you can check out our YouTube channel, which features a playlist of all the, the DC Nation shorts that we discuss here on this podcast. And also on that channel, we have all sorts of previews and promos for upcoming movies, including Man of Steel, The Lone Ranger, Star Trek in the Darkness, G.I. Joe Retaliation, and much, much more. So check that out for that. And also, there soon will be a promo released for our DC Nation live show, which will be taking place soon. God, I want to say it's March 17th or something like that. Wait, there's going to be a promo for that? I didn't know about this. I was th- thought we were going to make one. We'll see. Hopefully. We'll see. I'm, yeah, we'll see. And also, if you don't want to go back through this podcast, for all the ways you could contact us, uh, you could download our podcast box app, which will let you access our podcast on your iPad and iPhone. So with that, you'll be able to contact our podcast through that and listen to the episodes on those devices. And if you're on an Android or Windows phone, you could download our Android app now through the Amazon Marketplace by clicking the link on the right-hand side of our webpage. And also, if you need so, you can access our RSS feeds to the podcast by clicking uh, the widgets that are now available on the right-hand side of our podcast. Uh, we've had an RSS feed all along, but people were ac- asking us for easier access to it. And that's how you can do that there. So once again, for our ATA core members, Nico Reifstek, Andy Babak, and Wu Kim, I'm Dan Schmidt. And I'm Michael J. Petty. And until our next episode, we will catch you on the airwaves. See you guys. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. We had a great discussion that I was really happy about. And I hope you enjoyed it as well. See ya.
we now return to our regularly scheduled program.